So this summer, at this 635 service, we have been journeying through the lectionary together. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that term, the lectionary is a preset schedule of weekly scripture readings that follow along with the church calendar year. It's a resource that is made available online for anyone to use. You can use it for your daily or weekly devotion. We use it for worship or even group discussions. In fact, there are two classes here at Trinity that we call Read, Pray, Love uh, that walk through the lectionary scriptures each week. If you want to know more about that, talk to Mark after the service. Mark, raise your hand. Yeah. Uh, and Marcy, these wonderful folks. Uh, so when we started this journey together in the middle of July, we found Jesus and his disciples slowly making their way from Galilee to Jerusalem in the Gospel of Luke. Along the way, Jesus has stopped to do some teaching. In a few moments, we're going to hear what Jesus has to say about his own ministry and the nature of his teaching. We have done the last several weeks something a little bit different. I have invited us to take special notice of our emotions as we are listening to the scripture that is read. I'm going to ask us to do that again. And after I read the scripture, we're going to share aloud some of the emotions that we feel. And if you're joining us online, once again, please put those emotions in the comment section. We'd love to hear and have you participate with us. So find your comfortable seat. Close your eyes if it helps you listen and feel better. And here is what Jesus has to say about his ministry in Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 53. I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already ablaze. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, rather, division. From now on, Five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son. And son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. And daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. My friends, this is the word of God given to us as the children of God, and we all say together, thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? May the words of the, my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found pleasing in your sight, O Lord. For you, O God, are our potter, and we are your clay. Amen. All right, friends, what did you feel as I was reading this scripture? What were you feeling?
Any thoughts? That's okay. Yes, Marcy. Upsetting. That is a good feeling word. Thank you. Challenging. Challenging. A good feeling word. Thank you. Yes. Anxious. Anxious. I felt the anxiousness too. Those are all good words. Sobering. Yeah, sobering. One of the reasons that I've started asking this question is because that I believe Scripture can be so much more than the words that are written on the page. As Methodists, we believe that Scripture is the living Word of God and that God is communicating something to us. Christ is revealing himself to us each and every time we open the Bible. And one of the ways that the Spirit speaks is through our feelings, our emotions, and paying attention to the way that our bodies hold the tension. Just like the anxious word, I felt that in my body. I felt weighed down. Scripture is incarnate. It's something that we can feel in our being because Christ, who was incarnate and is incarnate, is revealing himself to us within the bounds of Scripture. So when I read Jesus' rhetorical question, do you think that I have come to bring peace? Everything in me screamed yes right? Did that for you? Screamed yes, because of course Jesus came to bring peace. I mean, isn't that what we are taught as children in Sunday school? Christ is the Prince of Peace, we say. Isn't that what the angels promised to us at Christmas, that Christ would be the bearer of peace? So I felt that resounding yes so deep in my bones that when Jesus said, No, I came to bring division. My heart literally dropped as I read that. I thought, oh, you. (laughs) You couldn't have made this Christian thing easy? Just this once, please? No, Jesus says. I come to bring division. One look at the world that we live in tells us that we know a little about division. Am I right? Division is the name of the game, it seems. Never have we seen such separation and divisiveness. It's in our political environment. It's in our own denomination. In every aspect of our lives, there seems to be a dichotomy of us and them, rich or poor, Republican and Democrat, affirming or not affirming. It's everywhere. And it's even evident in the language and our attitudes. It seems that our natural state of being is closed off and defensive rather than open and ready to listen. The last thing we need 
this evening is more division, it seems. What Jesus seems to be offering is part of the problem, right? It can't be the solution. So what's really going on here? What is Jesus really trying to say? In order to really see what Jesus is saying to us in this gospel text this evening, I think we have to take a step back and look at the context. What is going on around that particular passage of Scripture? At the time of Jesus' ministry, he was speaking out against rigid and uptight letter of the law, kind of religion that was dominating the atmosphere. You see, up to this point, the Jewish tradition was passed down primarily by word of mouth. It's almost like the religion suffered from the worst game of telephone ever played. Have you all played telephone? Show of hands, have you played telephone? We know what we're talking about, but for some of you who do not, it's this game where we all sit in a big circle and someone starts us off by whispering. By whispering a word or, or a sentence or phrase to the person next to them. And that person in turn, in turn turns and whispers that same sentence to the next person. And so on and so forth until it finally comes back to the person who started it all. And uh, usually the sentence is something vastly different from the sentence that began it all. And we all get a good chuckle at how different it is. I believe it might be the same with the Jewish tradition. From generation to generation, from family to family, rabbis to rabbis, scribes and lawyers to the next, through political destructions and mass exile, a game of telephone. So you can imagine that the Judaism that we see in the scripture became something rote or steeped in what was always done without much thought to the personal and social impact. What might it look like to actually have a deep abiding relationship with God? that spurred them to actually love all of their neighbors. So yes, Jesus' ministry of healing and eating and speaking with those who were sick and who were poor, his blatant opposition of the kind of Judaism that the Pharisees were practicing did cause division and set the world ablaze, if you will. But I don't believe he did it out of malice or hatred. He did so out of a deep love for God's people. Throughout Jesus' ministry, we see him working hard to move the people of Israel from what once was to something different, to something better, a deeper experience of God. Pray this way not that way. Faithfulness and giving and service looks like this, not that. Help the helpless, even if it means putting yourself in danger 
too. He was inviting them into something new, helping them on a journey leading to the fullest experience of the kingdom of God. But they weren't there yet. They were on the journey, but not there yet. They were in the space between, the space between what once was and what is yet to come. I think we might know what it is like to be in that space between what once was and what will be. Just yesterday, I experienced a bit of that space in our worship design meeting that we have every Tuesday. Our friend Journey and her fiance, Rolf, uh, our new sound genius for Sunday mornings, were talking about how to enhance our live stream experience on a Sunday morning. And I know about that much about how to live stream, enough to catch the first couple of words. But then they started speaking in tongues of, <laughs> of technology jargon that I was lost in. So I did feel lost. I felt discombobulated and confused, almost like I was floating in limbo somewhere in the space between where we are currently in our virtual experience and the dream of what that experience could be. I was in the middle, in that space between. Some of you may feel this way with technology. I know that I do. Or you may feel or have felt stuck in this place maybe professionally, in a season where you have lost a job or are unhappy at a job and looking for what might be next. Or maybe you have experienced the space in between doctor's appointments where you are waiting for an uncertain diagnosis. Or maybe your space between is something even deeper harder, like grief and losing a spouse or a parent or a friend and life on the other side of that grief. I think we've all been there and have found ourselves wondering if we will ever find our way beyond or through that space in between what once was and what is yet to come. But in the meantime, what does faith look like here in this space? What does faithfulness look like when we can't see what's next? So most of you know that I am relatively new here. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was going to be moving all of my stuff from North Carolina into a rental home here in Gainesville. However, at the last minute, that rental house fell through, 
So our stuff remains in North Carolina with my husband. And I am here with our two children and now on the hunt for what's next. Looking for the house that will be, but is not yet. And we haven't found it yet. We've looked and looked. And so we find ourselves in this space between what once was in North Carolina, our house with all our stuff, and what will be, what is coming next. And as hard as this season is to be away from my husband, and as frustrating as it is to be looking for our first home in this crazy market, I'm learning so much in this time about how the home buying process works. I've had conversations with so many wonderful people about their own experiences in home buying. And I'm learning tips and tricks of the trade from our fabulous realtor. And in having these conversations with those who have done this a lot longer and more often than I have, my faith in this process is growing. I have faith that when the time is right, our perfect house will come and our right offer will be accepted. I know that because I am learning and trying my best to rest on the experiences of everyone who has come alongside me, who is cheering me on, my very own cloud of witnesses, if you will. What if the division that Christ is offering us this evening is not so much one of divisiveness as we have come to know in this life, but a division that creates space for growth and for learning? What if faith in this space looks like resting on and learning from the experiences of others who have gone before us, who have been where we are, and who have come out on the other side. I think this is what the writer of Hebrews was saying in the scripture passage that Jay read for us this evening, that, if, that we can have faith in God through the person of Christ because of the faith of all of those who have gone before us for all of those who have experienced that space in between. If you take a look back at that scripture in your bulletin, you will see that the writer of Hebrews points to the faith of the Israelites who were crossing the Red Sea, going from slavery to their not yet attained freedom. The writer points to the Israelites' faith at Jericho, in the space between wandering and staying. And the writer continues to point to countless other examples of people who had faith in the space between and leading up to that pivotal verse in chapter 12 that says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all the people who have had the faith before. It is because of them, because of them, 
Let us also lay aside the weight and run. Run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Did you catch that? The writer says that the ultimate example of faith in the midst of the space between was Jesus himself. Jesus, who took on the cross, trusting in that doing so, we might all move from darkness to light. So you see, it's not our faith alone that moves us beyond this space between what has been and what will be is the faith of others who have been exactly where we are, where we have been, who know what it's like and have made it to the other side of that space. It's the faith of and in Christ who has been to the cross and back for us. At our lead staff meeting this week, Steve offered a prayer by Ted Loder entitled, I will praise you for what is yet to be. And it's a prayer for a time such as this, a prayer for the space in between, where sometimes faith, our own faith, is just too hard to muster. And so we offer whatever we can. He prays these words. Wondrous worker of wonders, I praise you, not alone for what has been, or for what is, but for what is yet to be. For you are gracious beyond all telling of it. I praise you that out of the turbulence of my life, a kingdom is coming, is being shaped even now out of my slivers of loving my bits of trusting, my sprigs of hope, my toodles of laughing, my drips of crying, my smidgens of worshiping, that out of my songs and struggles, out of my griefs and triumphs, I am gathered up and saved. For you are gracious beyond all telling of it, I praise you that you turn me loose to go with you to the edge of now and maybe to welcome the new, to see my possibilities, to accept my limits, and yet begin living to the limit of passion and compassion until, released by joy, I uncurl to other people, and to your kingdom coming. For you are gracious beyond all telling of it.
Friends, our God, the God who reigns over this in-between space, is at work taking our snippets and our sprigs and slivers of whatever faith we can muster in this season and turning them into something miraculous, something beautiful, even if we cannot see it just yet. Trust in the God who has already run the race, who has already crossed that distance, and who will lead you there too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.